Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Bald Move Television, where the officially unofficial podcast for all of television. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. And today we will be talking about uh, Legion returning for its third and final season on FX's network and also HBO's new limited series. I think it's a limited series, miniseries. I don't know. The only thing I found out about it is this is not the first release of it. It was released in uh, Across the Pond a while ago, like oh, a month ago. Okay, years and years. It's new to me. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Legion up front. Um, so before we dive into Legion, I wanted to say that uh, last year we didn't like first year we did Legion or first season of Legion. Me, Jim, and Jason from the uh, Walking Dead podcast from the Podcastica Network, podcastica.com, did a joint podcast. The second season. Uh, we did not, uh, cause, mostly because, uh, Jim, you decided you didn't want to watch it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was a frequent guest con- con- contributor to Jason and uh, Rima's show on Podcastica. This season, we're going to do a joint podcast again, but it's going to be me, Jason, and Rima. And uh, this first week, I couldn't make it because there was a, a bunch of complex uh, schedule interactions involving my vacation and Rima's schedule and my son's schedule. But after this week, um, we're going to be co- doing full coverage over on uh, Podcastica. Actually, we're going to be uh, uh, also hosting on baldmove.com, but uh, you can the, find that stuff at... Uh, I encourage everybody to go and listen to Jason and Rima's podcast yeah. for the first episode on podcastica.com and then join me over there for subsequent weeks to discuss Legion. Okay. Lord, I did that in as long and <laughs> painful way as possible. I'm sorry, Jason. I wish I was better at this stuff. Uh, anyway, you did not see any of season two. None of it. Where season two uh, really shifted deeper into the kind of... Um, visual flair and out there concepts and visual metaphor <laughs> and that you were kind of dumped uh did you so did you watch any of the uh the recap type of stuff on youtube because i found there's a couple videos I, I read synopsis okay and and fx themselves put out a pretty good primer uh that kind of had like the stakes because last year um last year there's the big epic confrontation between david and the shadow king and the Shadow King was beaten, but uh, David <laughs> did a bad thing. He he messed with Sid's mind to take out the suggestion that he was bad or did anything wrong. And then he uh, essentially psychically raped her and set out to become... And what I thought was brilliant is they set it up to where you thought that he was going to like accept their offer to help. It's like, you know, the first episode, the first season is about... He thought he was mentally ill, but it turns out he was a mutant superhero. Mm-hmm. And second season revealed that he's actually both. He's he's actually got a, a, a mental illness, uh, mm-hmm. probably from the fact he's had his malevolent entity in his head for so long. But, th- but kicking that out did not make that go away, and he's still a super powerful mutant. And the last moment was him saying, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out. And how did you find yourself plugging back into the world of Legion? <laughs> well, I will say I absolutely hated the intro sequence of this thing. It was everything well, about the show that... So can you describe the intro? Because I thought the... I don't the, know if I can. <laughs> I thought the intro... Are you talking about before it went to music or... All, all of it. Okay, because uh, I thought, up, up I to thought the it was first... pretty approachable up until the music started up. Okay, I, I mean, it... it it was like all of that shit 
with Angela and Mr. Robot, plus mm. this this weird Wes Anderson vibe, plus mm-hmm. musical numbers, uh, all of the things that I sort of disliked about the first season, uh, just thrown into pure chaos at the beginning. I didn't understand anything that was happening, and I don't know if maybe part of this because I haven't seen season two. Hated that intro sequence. I felt like the episode got so 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 much better as soon as they got it got to some actual meat like once dan steven shows up on screen i'm like mm-hmm. holy shit okay this is getting really good i'm mm-hmm. i'm all on board with the concepts of it i like him as a bad guy like just you know what fuck it i'm purely evil like i've tried all the good stuff I'm none of it's worked out for me a cult leader yeah i'm gonna go start a cult and i'm gonna do bad things that that suit me yeah i'm not gonna try to convince anyone that i'm right i'm just gonna be the evil guy yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm going to if, if if I can't get love from the my friends and family, then I'm going to manufacture it in some sort of psychic blue, chemical. Yeah, blue goo drink. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think all that is really cool and interesting. And the battle that they're setting up with Farouk, uh, this time battle, I think is super Isn't he so interesting. Cool? Farouk, yeah. The, the, his like whole character um, is just so interesting and so cool. And that actor plays him in such an interesting, visually arresting way. Yeah. He's one of the instantly, one of the great villains of, 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 um, I mean, honestly, I almost put him up there with Magneto, not Magneto's different. Cause like, I think the most fascinating thing about Magneto is that he's actually very, uh, empathetic. Mm-hmm. This guy's just straight up fight. Like this is the King <laughs> Joffrey, ver- like Marvel villain where he's just a complete shitter. He's so powerful. He revels in his ability to hurt people yeah. and manipulate people and, and to be a God essentially. Mm-hmm. And one of the tragedies of last year is it's still uh, not clear to me how much that David was the villain and how much that this was delusions that the, dr- that the shadow King uh, in, invested him in him and his allies, but the fact that David's reaction to that is what yeah. made it villainous. It's like, were it not for the Shadow King, David might have been okay and on multiple multiple levels. But <laughs> the Shadow King engineered a situation where David was able to reveal a true side of villainy to himself. Yeah, and I thought that was like a really interesting way to, you know, take the the protagonist of the series and and um lining him up to be the big bad there's there's a hints that there's other things that are kind of hinky because if if david is so dangerous he has to be hunted down and killed that's got to go like 10 times for farouk you would think because so. he is absolutely the unapologetic butcher and rapist and violator that david has started to become yet he mm-hmm. is able to do like he like last year he had this like technological crown of thorns kind of thing it was keeping him from Whereas, like, now he's just able to walk around and interact, and everyone treats him like he's a member of this a, a team. I think there's a little bit of manipulation and delusion there, too. But Yeah, I don't know what those headbands are about. I saw Farouk wearing cl- one, Sid's wearing one. Yeah, it's supposed to cloak, I guess, their minds from David. Okay. Um, but that's, this, that's the cool thing of this episode, this season, is that David has allied himself with the Time Traveler. Yes. And how do you... How do you kill a villain who can go back in time and tell himself and warn himself? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to kill the time traveler. You got to kill the time traveler. And it and, seems like that's what the the crux of this is going to be. And I thought it's, it's so cool how they made her seem very skillful. Because first of all, they built up uh, the Shadow King as being like, if, if the Shadow King says you've got skills, 
Uh-huh. That's a really funny scene where he's like, yes, yeah, she's quite skilled. And he's like, so you've got this time traveler and you had this conversation in your domain and she got away. And he's like, as I said, she was very skilled. Um, it's not going to be that easy. And some of the cool, like, they did, like, a lot of really simple tricks where, like, she's on the ground and, like, Sid's, like, don't move. And she does this thing with her hand where she opens up a time portal mm-hmm. and rolls through it. And then they change the axis to where she's actually on her feet. And it's a, yeah. it's she's just essentially doing a pirouette along a wall. Mm-hmm. But that, with a 90-degree camera arc, makes it look like she just bent time and space. Yeah, and it's really cool. This fucking show is full of that kind of shit. Like, I, I remember saying this last year that... Ptolemy, one of the, the the kind of cool breakout characters from season one and two, gets sucked into a mainframe, and they suggested that by like showing like a tree growing roots into his brain, and then he woke up inside like a metal box that had like just a silhouette of a fan spinning on his face, and <laughs> okay. you know it's like it's like there's all this like uh-huh. really kind of like it, but it feels very comic book as hell to yeah some of that stuff. I like. Um, I think there's a lot of trippy imagery that, that goes into. I mean, like even like, just the bending I loved of time and her space. having to fight through the shifting coat rack. No, sequences. see, I was so confused by this whole opening sequence. Yeah, I, I didn't have my feet under me yet. You like at least let me get to my fucking feet, and then we can talk about the shifting clothes. Yeah, like like that. That was a big part of last year was introducing the language of what a psychic battle, like a, a true okay. mental struggle, looks like. Like. Yeah. You know, we always bitch about, like, in the Marvel movies, whenever they got two psychic people, it essentially is, like, Mm -hmm. very Dragon Ball Z, where there's two people (laughs) floating in a cloud of shit that they've surrounded themselves with, and they're grunting, and they're straining with energy, and, um, like, like last year was all about, like, it's going to be a dance battle. Mm -hmm. It's going to be this cell-shaded, animated like you know like uh i'm gonna come at you with the missile that's going to get turned into a hawk that's going to turn into a shark that's going to turn into like like the the psychic battles are like you can't show what a psychic battle is so you just show something like some other type of struggle and this person Mm -hmm. trying to fight through just the entryway of this ever-shifting pattern of clothes and dry cleaner (laughs) i thought was a great (laughs) visual metaphor for what was actually happening which is her skill of shifting through time and space being tested Oh, is that what it was? I I, I thought retroactively I mean, maybe it was like her just sort of figuring out the riddles that she was being given. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. It's the same thing. I mean, it's 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 like how do you how do you show a person being tested psychically mm-hmm. for time travel? And the <laughs> ran, the answer is there's no non-ridiculous way to do it, so why not go with a visually interesting ridiculous way yeah and i think there's a lot of creativity in the series obviously um just in the visual style but also there's a lot of fun in there um you can tell that some of these ideas are just like you know what that sounds awesome let's just do it yeah like fuck it yeah okay it's not going to quite connect and and maybe the audience won't get what we're trying to do but it sounds awesome to me what what i don't understand is how you go from like maybe Noah Hawley needs a series on the brain of Noah Hawley mm. to properly convey this artistically. But how do you go from thoughts in Noah Hawley's head, mm-hmm. get that to a writing team, get that to a set decorator, get That's that a to a cinematographer and put that on screen? Because, because they, I, as I thought, that, holy that shit, they, as they, as I saw like set after inventive set after uh-huh. inventive set, I'm th- I thought the same thing. Like, how the hell do you come up with this? <laughs> how do you convey this is what I'm looking for? Yeah to the people who have to actually make it. Yeah. Um, it's, 
it's yeah because this is a lot the cast is very good and they're doing very interesting work and there's a lot of interesting dialogue and this the setting is intrinsically interesting but it's to me it's the look and feel of this show that's on uh, a whole other level and like there it's almost anything as possible and like i it's so funny because i like when they got to the something for your mind song part, I'm like, oh, this is like if Jim, like I, I, I said, there's no way Jim's going to get past this. I can see him just shutting it off as like there's this ridiculous four minute music video in the middle of this thing. Yeah. But then like yeah. after we get past that, it became relentlessly interesting. I'm like, oh, yes. Jesus, I hope he made it past this because there's so many cool, interesting <laughs> questions. I love the way they've envisioned time travel too. like that. There's what, rule- what about it? I don't know. They're laying out these rules that, like, you know, um, you got you you want to go back, but you don't want to. You want to go back far enough, you can actually Her make a change. Walking through that hall, yeah. But there's some kind of like cosmic enforcer that they refer to as the demon that you yeah. can wake if you and 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 so you don't want to go too far back, but also balancing on that you can't go back too many times and make too many disruptions so it's like you mm-hmm. got to find the perfect amount or that'll wake the demon too and the way they envision that like there's just like glowing beady eyes that kind of kind of grumble uh, i thought that was really cool yeah. um I-, I was uh centimeters away from the get the fuck out of here button uh-huh uh during that musical sequence centimeters away yeah uh I really thought, you know what? Fuck this show. I'm just, I'm not going to watch this. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let me, let me just see. Let me get past the music. Uh, and you're right. Everything like clicked into place at that point. I was on board for the fun. And I will be amazed if not every single element from that music video turns out to be relevant to the plot. Like something about the blue ghost, something about the, the lunchbox of this face on it. Like Uh there's a sense that there is something being manufactured, some kind of payload that's going to be, and that's the awesome thing is if you just kind of let this shit wash over you and Mm -hmm. like, cause it's almost always at least visually interesting to look at and fun. And if you don't even understand it, like four episodes later, you'd be like that son of a bitch, that lunchbox Mm -hmm. just turned into a whatever. And, um, I don't know. Cause it, 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 this more than anything else feels like a visually interpreted comic book. Yeah. I mean that, that idea that, you know, all of this is going to come back later and mm-hmm. we're seeing things that we're not meant to understand at the beginning yeah. is kind of where I ended up mm-hmm. on this episode uh, after I had the visceral like gut reaction of, I don't fucking understand this. I don't want to watch it. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think you're right. This is all going to play a part in the, the finality of this season and series, I guess. But Ooh, those first few minutes were rough for me. I thought the time travel. The other thing is like uh, before we got to the music video, there's just like the time traveler going and kind of solving this mystery. And I thought, there's, you know, like there's this 10 minute sequence that has as many kind of like puzzle box elements mm-hmm. and mysteries for it to investigate as like any random season of Lost. But yeah. they immediately pay off, like find the Virgin Mother. And I, I like the, the design of the Virgin Mother that looks like female genitalia. I thought that was kind of cool. The implication more of an ear vibe, but yeah, it's definitely supposed to be the the implication that Lenny, who's the Aubrey Plaza character, who was just amazing last year, has like somehow knocked up this girl that's been penis free for twenty five years. I oh, mean, is that what they, I missed? I, that. I don't know why you brag about that. I've got that record beat by like at least five six years. <laughs> so you know, uh, whatever, uh, pregnant virgin. But I, I just, I don't know, man. I liked it. Um, I, the whole like Aubrey Plaza where she's like the, the switch is like, is this a cult? She's like, yes. You know, just mm-hmm. everything about her is over the top and great. And her immediately trying to seduce her and perpetual, like, well, I like boys. Oh, why? 
um i thought it was i thought it was great i I think the twisty turny fight that is clearly to come with this time traveler Mm -hmm. and with all the powers that you know david and farouk have it's going to get really interesting Mm -hmm. um as they delve deeper into you know how do you stop a guy who has a time traveler and his powers that's kind of what i'm on board for also the fun also the style by the end of the episode i was definitely into the style of this more the astral plane battles alone yeah now that you add the time travel to it it's like what was that going to look like i don't know i was a little let down because you know we're like 15 20 minutes into this when the first like division three seal team six uh in in uh uh invades and Mm -hmm. like right off the bat like david loses his arm then he vaporizes carrie one of the louder milks and i'm like holy shit this is the final <laughs> season and they don't give a fuck and then like they undid it i'm like yeah, oh yeah. but then they did it and they it happened again and they killed i think uh i forget who uh they killed the 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 guy with the cane that's got his face badly burnt it's got the husband also oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and i'm like oh okay this but then they keep on undoing it and i'm like i kind of wish there was a notable big death in the first because if they had killed like carrie or one of those other kind of like not tier one cast, but certainly big fan favorite. I would have really set up and take notes like, holy shit, this last season of, of Legion is is playing for keeps. I don't However, know how you do that with a time traveler. That's what I'm saying. Like, how, I, how would you ever feel like this person is actually dead? I think they could do something like maybe like someone dies, but it's not important to be brought back to the time traveler. So she saves David, but the other person still winds up dead. Like some somehow having a stake because, you know, the the flip side of this excitement is just what you said. Like, well, if you can undo everything, then what the fuck? There is actually mm-hmm. no stakes. Like David can just play this little chess game out until he wins and then Yeah, and I like that the the villain, although they're both kind of villains at this point, mm-hmm. uh knows that mm-hmm. and is gonna have to play next level chess. And he's loving it. Yeah, but and this is like five. I, I, this is why you, you live for two thousand years. So every once in a, a millennia, yeah. something like this, and you can really sink your teeth into the to the just a sheer Darwin survival of these powers. You mm-hmm. know, uh, what do you think is going on with the time traveler? Like she was wiggling her teeth, I and don't. it looks like there's one. The she end, left one behind. Yeah, and I'm like, is she? Is that her attempt to like play both sides of is is or is she leaving like literal breadcrumbs to try to find her? There's something significant, but I have mm-hmm. no fucking clue what it could possibly be. Yeah, I'm not sure what to make of that. I don't I don't know. So clearly, I, I guess I assumed that this is her father on this TV screen at the yeah, beginning uh, at that dinner or whatever weird relationship. Yeah, very weird. Uh, he clearly knows that she's a time traveler. Um, mm. at least I think so he the father does he, he asks about that? the grades and she says still perfect i don't know that anyone can get perfect grades like i got the impression that she had been going back in time and retaking tests oh, until maybe. she got the perfect grade like relearning a thing okay uh oh shit i missed this question here yeah let's go back and do that again interesting and and i guess i inferred that maybe her father knows but maybe he doesn't it was like, i, I thought like, it was uh, his voice in the time traveler headset maybe it is but i could be wrong i didn't make those connections because honestly um when i first watched this i was convinced that this lady was supposed to be jubilee which is this uh Mm, other character that's got a very similar look to her in the x-men universe Uh 
Um, and like I was invested all into that theory. I'm like, oh, I wonder what they're going to do about that. And then it turns out she's time travel. I'm like, well, that's weird. And then by the time I caught up to the fact, like this has nothing to do with Jubilee, mm-hmm. um, I was on the other side. I completely was Jubilee missed. Kind of, kind of like a gambit. She could yeah, charge things up she and shoot like light fireworks out of her fingers. And I, think I she's vaguely got, remember her. Yeah, she's got some kind of uh, second. Like when I was stopped, when I was starting to stop to read uh, reading the comics, uh, she was um, looks like she was going into like a, some kind of second second stage evolution hmm. that she might have something that's a little bit more because that was a, like a motif in a lot of X Men, like the weakest X Men would turn out to be like the real <laughs> like Jean Grey was always kind of like oh the weaker version of Charles Xavier and then she right. Darth Phoenix and oh no she's actually the real badass and um but no I huh. I I thought it was great I I don't know what's going on with Sid uh we don't really get anything like you know f- we 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 see her almost through the lens of the Shadow King and mm-hmm. him trying to pin her down like what is this vengeance is this this it's yeah she's on the hunt clearly yeah um, trying to take David out. I also thought this did a really good job of showing just how truly terrifying like telepaths can be, you know, like, like telepaths of this power level. Um, there's just literally nothing that you can do against them as a normal person. Yeah, no, I, I love that, that conversation between, uh, David and the time traveler whose right. name I really need to learn. What about trust? I've tried. Yeah, trust. I've it's, tried it's, that it's better to read minds. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's like, Okay, uh, the the power has made him mad. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I really but, liked it. But there's also just like the thing about like Legion is there. You always get to a point where it's it just feels like it's Noah Hawley just skeeting on the track. Like after he drops the, you know, David just taking his HQ and I think teleporting it somewhere, and they find uh-huh. the tooth. And then you see all these robots that are like wind up robots that are spelling out the word Legion, and they play this like trance version of fly like an eagle and there's like uh uh-huh. this this trippy paint being psychedelic paint being mixed and it's just like holly like fuck yeah you're gonna watch this wait till it's uh, it's it's either you're either in for the ride or you're not because um it's going to get crazy this year and i yeah i don't know like i don't know how it's interesting because I, I I thought maybe that they'd try to redeem David, and that was going to be tough to do because of the nature of his crimes. Like, you know, he started off with, like, you know, the classic Star Trek The Next Generation mental rape of Counselor Troy, and then he moved on to actual rape of her. And I'm like, that's that's a pretty big betrayal. Um, and then this year, it seems like he hasn't learned his lesson. His plan is that he's going to go back in time and try to fix all the mistakes. So people love him. They don't, that, that they, they realize that he's the hero and not the villain and doesn't understand how like fucked up that is. Like imagine, yeah. I mean, that's the truly terrifying thing about telepaths. And they touched on that a little bit, like uh, with Jessica Jones, when they had the, uh, the, the David the, Tennant, the David yeah. Tennant character, I forget his, his name. Um, but the fact that he could control people to that degree, that like that's like that's gaslighting to the nth degree to like uh, not only say that didn't actually happen, but to go back and fix it to where it didn't happen and then remove your memory of what happened from your mind. Mm-hmm. Like it's really fucking evil. So I don't know. You're going to have two like seems like super villains and who's going to be yeah. the, who's going to be the thing that actually restores balance because neither of these guys, it seems like, can survive in the world they're just literally too dangerous yeah i mean that's the biggest question to me that i saw shaping up here is am i even rooting for either of these people because 
I, I'm not going to root for Farouk, right? right. I've, I've seen through season one just how bad of a guy he can be. And they've completely given up on trying to rehabilitate David. Like, it seems exactly. like they're just trying yeah. to eradicate him now. So what the, who the hell am I rooting for? I, I, I guess I'm rooting for, uh, you know, Kane guy and his team to right. take David out because... Yeah. You're rooting for Sid to, to both try monsters. to... Try to get uh, closure, I guess. You're, you're, you're rooting for Ptolemy to get his humanity back. Because that's the other thing, is like, I thought when they put him back in his body, I'm like, oh, so this, I mean, so there's a couple ways did they, they could go with this, huh? Did, did they? So I, I didn't see season two. It, it felt to me like this was a recreation of someone they lost, yeah, not like this was a consciousness in, in a robot body. So they yeah ptolemy got his conscious trapped inside the mainframe and he it, it seemed like it was intact huh. it was just trapped in his mainframe and has it downloaded in his body but there's okay. nothing to like the ptolemy personality left and mm-hmm. there's a and well-worn science fiction route they could go with this it's a search for spock it's lieutenant commander data you've got pinocchio and he's going to eventually mm-hmm. turn into a real boy because either he remembers his humanity or he discovers it along the way but i kind of think it'd be cool if holly just subverts that and be like nah he got changed, and it's fucked. Yeah, that's, but he's he's just going to be a robot now. Can can a robot? So so his powers were to make people see. Yeah, he could like he could like touch them, and he could see. He could experience. He could like essentially replay uh, perfectly accurate memories, and kind of like help okay. people guide through their memories and past. But as a robot, and he's likely to not have it that seems ability. Like he's just like a like uh, he, he's part of this. Um, vermilion construct which are the late the androgynous ladies with the mustaches that they're yeah. like these supercomputer things that are helping the basket man who mm-hmm. is like his whole thing is like hunting down and neutralizing the the shadow king yeah um and now i guess david is part of that rubric too uh it is okay. funny about like the that they put a mustache on this character and uh like, they carries like why the mustache and the other carries like ah you know i uh, uh, uh and just 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 trailed off i, I uh-huh. love it it's like again holly's like who gives a fuck i'm right all the robots in this universe have have uh mustaches the uh-huh. men, men do the women do they all have them so there's no reason I thought that was pretty funny it just looks cool <laughs> does it i mean <laughs> it looks it looks I don't know that I'd put any word after that. It looks. Yeah, it's a it's a distinct <laughs> visual style. Yes. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Also, the soundtrack is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see how... And I love it because this is a, one of these things that could be an infinite puzzle box mystery. And they're like, nope, fuck it. We're going to solve it in three. That feels like... like, like I, We were talking about this off air. It's like, this is not something you can like better call Saul. Yeah. Like Better Call Saul, every season has ended in, you know, some badass rock music of Jimmy, like, finally turning to evil, and he peels out in his shitty Nissan Sentra, and then next season, oh shit, we're not ready to have him turn into Saul yet, so we're gonna backpedal mm-hmm. that, and he's gonna be sweet, slipping Jimmy, and then the finale will come, and his brother's committed suicide, and he's, like, fucking gonna be evil, <laughs> and then next season, he's... You can't do that with something... You shouldn't do that with something like David. Yeah, I agree. Like that, those those are consequences. Those things have to have like uh, like a gravity that they that they, they that they have to obey these these laws. And and I like the fact that they're just going to resolve it. And it doesn't seem like mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like they're going to redeem David. Um, or if he if he does get redeemed, it's going to probably be somehow him annihilating mutually himself in the Shadow King. But mm, yeah, I don't know. I'm very very curious. And this is like one of the more 
just straight up cool, visually inventive shows uh, that's 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 rolled off the pike. And I, man, Noah Hawley's just really been a guy to, to keep your eye on. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about Legion? No, I think I'm good. All right, so if you want to keep up on my current thoughts uh, week by week, um, uh, I'll be sharing those with Jason and Rima over at podcastica.com on our Legion podcast. Uh, it'll be cross-posted to baldmove.com as well. Um, so, yeah, check that out. Uh, got some housekeeping before we get on to our uh, other topics. And it's short and sweet this week because we got a short and sweet week next week. It's the July 4th weekend. Uh, we got a bald movie, little little number you might know about a, about a boy who got bit by a spider. Spider-Man Homecoming. No, Far From Home. Yeah. He's, he's not coming home. He's, he's leaving he's in home. In fact, far, as far from home as you can get, implied by the title. <laughs> and still speak English and natively. still speak English, kind of. Maybe. Uh, who knows? That, that, nah, uh, that suit that Tony gave him, maybe it auto-translates. Yeah. But uh, he's going to be on Spider-Man's European Vacation, mm-hmm. uh, starring Chevy Chase and, <laughs> Tom, and Holland. Tom Holland. And we're going to <laughs> we're going to be covering that for July 4th weekend, as well as uh, Stranger Things comes out next week. Mm-hmm. And that's a show we've been really looking forward to. It's uh, a Netflix show that comes out in one day. We're going to have three episodes reviewed that first day, and then we're going to come back next Monday Get to get get three more episodes, and the following day get the next two. So we'll have full coverage out within a couple of days of the thing releasing, and it's going to keep us really busy. But uh, we'll be back the week after that for more Bald Move TV, probably more Bald Movies, and sooner or later the the big shows are going to start to come back too. I yeah, know we got some. They're coming back in uh, uh, July. We just started our coverage of Legion, as you found out in this podcast. I'm going to be doing that weekly with uh, Jason and Rima. Uh, plenty of stuff going on at BaldMove.com. Before we move on to the next topic, I want to talk about the club at club.baldmove.com. Uh, last week, we, re- we released the 50 million Q&A podcast. And this year, feed that you're listening to right now, got a lot of good positive feedback on that. People enjoy it. And as I mentioned on that podcast, we do that essentially every week on Lunch with Jim and Aaron every Friday. Uh, we, except for this one because I'm going to be on vacation. Uh, and next week because we're going to be doing it on Wednesday before the July 4th weekend. But most Fridays... <laughs> 90% of the Fridays of the year, we, we take to the mics. Uh, Cecily pulls some questions from the forums and from Twitter, and we answer them. We talk about stuff that uh, we got going on in our lives, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's one of the premier uh, uh, extra pieces of bonus content for the club. It's our by far our most popular club feature, and it's exclusively, avail- exclusively available at club.baldmove.com. You can, in addition to getting the three-hour preview, which was the 50 million Q&A, download there is a few uh lunches that you can watch at club.baldmove.com to get your feet wet and kind of see what you think of it and uh you can get access to them all as well as all the other premium features like ad free feeds etc at club.baldmove.com let's talk about years and years do do we have to so (laughs) years and years is a is a so describe the show. Give it a 30-second pitch. Ha, huh, fuck me. Uh, it is a zeitgeist show about every shitty thing happening around the world as seen through the lens of a very diverse single family. Uh, and I, I will say I think they're they're pushing it in a direction that is... All of it is coming to a head. Mm-hmm. That's That's the best description I can give because I found it to be very sort of hard to hard to engage with um i found it to be at times borderline impossible for me to watch even from from like a just like an auditory perspective like there's a song in there 
that they use a couple of times and they use in the end credits that so physically turns me off. Like I, I almost could not sit through. It's it's the part where, um, so it's the part right after the nuke when he runs to, uh, the camp. Mm-hmm. The refugee camp, mm-hmm. and he hooks up with that dude. Oh God, yeah, uh, that, that whole song, sequence, whole final sequence. But they play that song at the beginning when it doesn't really fit the tone. Mm-hmm. They play it at the end when it's and, and they intercut it. They mix it with the audio that's going on in the scene in a way that physically I almost couldn't listen to it. Yeah. And then when they started it back up in the credits after a moment of silence, I was like, "Fuck this!" And I hit the yeah, X and- button. But here, here's the thing. So I think it's a jumble. I think it's the the topics are like so far reaching and broad and and it almost seems like this family is completely not real because of all the different perspectives in it and everything uh, and all the different types of people in this one family that it really turned me off. But I think that's the point. Okay, so I think the point is for me to be unsettled by this entire thing in every way imaginable because that is the zeitgeist yes and i i will so there's a i think that um i have like had almost every one of these conversations and all these like uncomfortable moments where you're just kind of like bummed out that like oh god i'm hearing you say this and yeah don't you think about and but but so ostensibly this is made for me or someone that sympathizes with my but like and i agree with almost like but I'm it, on board with almost everything that that every opinion expressed in yeah. this thing. But here's the thing: like it's, this reminded me a lot of like every three years, Kevin Sorbo has to make a fucking uh, movie that no one watches other than fundamentalist Christians about God's not dead, and he's a college professor, and sure. he's had it with the secular, and he's going to win every debate, and he's going to say all the things that shouldn't be said, and. That's stupid because those are stupid and bad opinions, but mm. it's also a bad piece of filmmaking because it's not persuasive. Um, mm. I don't think the opinions being expressed here and the general thrust are as bad, but it's every bit as shitty piece of filmmaking as any of those Kevin Sorbo pieces <laughs> because it isn't persuasive. It is so fucking over the top. Like This is the type of film that gives you an all-out sonic assault that makes you feel unsettled, like, what the hell is going on? And the United States just nuked China and... But can't just let you live in that emotional space. Has to have a main character grab its head and say, what's going on? What does this mean? As she stares right into the camera. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. And it happened like several times where it's like, yeah, good. I mean, look, obviously these are all real things that people struggle with. And these are all very real problems. And I'm just as horrified as anybody. But like, and there is there is a way to address this in art, but this ain't it. No, this this because whole I don't I don't want to see any more of this. No, and anyone to like the right of me that arguably should see and think about it and think about it like yeah, you know, because it's like they're not going to watch. So like, who the fuck is this made for? I feel like it's made for the actual filmmaker who this was their way of losing their shit about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is made for people who don't have a good answer for any of the problems that we're dealing with right Mm -hmm. now societally. And 
it doesn't give you that answer. It simply yeah. commiserates. Yeah. So like, it's so like, like uh, what the fuck? Yeah. Like take what what's going fuck? on right now and now throw in a genuine foreign crisis, a uh-huh. genuine, like a, an actual war or some kind of like, yeah. And there, it, the answer to that is like scary. I don't know what's going to happen, but like, that's not really particularly edifying and useful to point that out. I mean, I, I, I mean, I've sat and imagined like, Oh, worst case scenario. I, I mean, there, there have been moments in the last four years uh-huh. uh, where I've gone, you know what? Things are heading in a super bad direction. Uh, I don't know what any one person, myself included, could possibly do about it. Mm-hmm. And you just throw your hands up. And I feel like that's what this series is, right? It, it's it, just pointing out yeah. the trajectory we're on yeah. and not presenting any way of actually dealing with it. Yeah. Although maybe, look, there's a six-episode arc. Yeah, yeah. I've seen one episode. I've seen the setup, essentially. I haven't seen how they knock it all down. Maybe it gets better. But is it going to get better as they? Because like this is going to the 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 interesting hook is that this now is going to extrapolate and jump forward like like you right. know to twenty thirty four. What's it going to look like now? What's it going to look like now? What's it going to look like now? How's it going to get worse? How's it going to get worse? And it's like it's fairly grounded in contemporary events. Like, do I want to see this spiral further out of control? Because I did not like my experience with them essentially touching like. Uh, on current like half the episode is like literally current events and then the other half but it's like i don't know is it is it gratifying because like you know this guy shows up and talks about like he has this uh he has this confrontation this woman who thinks refugees are terrible and Mm -hmm. they're criminals and they should be you know stopped at the border and turned around and the guy's like well actually that's a violation of international law and also this what's wrong with your humanity like i mean that's the thing is the thing i but that bothers me about that is like okay so he he won this debate and there is this other or this like there's the two or three times where a person asks like well, what are we supposed to do but, mm-hmm. and it's something i've been like i've been watching these protests in hong kong happen like where there's yeah. literally like something like i read a statistic there's 75 percent or 25 percent of the voting age populace is out in the streets saying mm-hmm. fuck this we're not gonna have and i'm like I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens because if you turn out that much of your citizenry and nothing actually changes and china gets to do whatever they want to these uh the, the these people and the world doesn't do anything and nothing happens what the hell? Because like the idea that yeah. you get twenty five percent of the United States out in the streets for anything, I can't even imagine. No. I can't imagine what it would take. So like, it's like, is this just going to be like, um, you know, one of those situations where it's a frog in a pot that boy? Like, of course, that's not even a real like. A, it turns out a frog when it gets dangerous, just hop out. Uh, <laughs> but the, the metaphorical frog that gets boiled because the chains are too like, and 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 then I go back and read where. Like in the 40s and 50s, tons of Germans wrote about their experience of growing up in a fascist regime when they're like, you know, every day it's like some new outrage, but it like it it, it, it gets added on to the outrage of last week. And mm-hmm. you think there's going to be a moment where everybody's like looks at each other and like there is that's this. This isn't right. We're going to. And it just never comes. And yeah. by the time you feel like you have to do something personally, now it's dangerous and. You know, it's like I see our country debating whether we're running concentration camps or not. Um, we're we're where we're running these things in historic concentration camps. Like the 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 funny visual of the fact that we're like running one of these in uh, an old Japanese internment camp, and there's people that grew up in these Japanese internment camps, including George Takai, saying, "Yeah, that was a fucking concentration camp." And mm-hmm. 
the fact that we're arguing like people are like well it's 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 insulting to call these the same thing because they're not nazi germany death death camps i'm like yeah they weren't like that in 1933 either mm-hmm. But this is how things like that start and what is going to... Yeah, like... wait, wait until he has... Uh... <laughs> he. Everyone knows who I'm talking yeah. about. He has them build the wall. He yeah. says, see, I told you Mexico would pay for it. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> like... Yeah, right. I mean, I, I just like... It's it's one of those things that's like... So, yeah, I'm... The, the piece of art like this, I don't know why it exists because like it either it, it either has to have some kind of suggestion or answer or hope. Or it's just saying, look at this thing, and I don't know, maybe there's value to that. I just I don't feel like it's valuable to me. Because if there was something where it's like I could take like, oh, this is how you can how you can appeal to the humanity of your friends and family, because that's where it's gotta start. If you can't do that, then how the hell are you gonna do it in the world? And there's you know, it's just basically people's frustration with like, You're my brother, how can you feel about this? Or you're my mom, you have these kids that are directly involved in these like and they've engineered this family so all these hot buttons can be hit. Yeah. And it makes it feel very artificial. Um because like again, this is all stuff that happens, but it doesn't necessarily happen like this and that mm-hmm. kind of artificiality um you know, jeopardized my enjoyment of it and it's just like, you know, yeah, it's it's a bunch of obvious points being made and I don't know who the audience is and um you know, and then what, what what's it going to look like uh, when they're in the twenty fifty five or twenty fifty six or however? Do it you know only how go, far they're going to go? It only goes to twenty thirty four. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so each, it's like another ten years beyond what we saw. So each episode, episode essentially flash forward like like a couple years like, probably. Like, yeah, two to four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I can see that. But, yeah, I, it, this felt like a Black Mirror episode that was every Black Mirror episode combined together uh, and sprinkled with a lot more politics. With a lot of, like, annoying kind of, like, West Wing, like, uh, we're going to give this monologue to some... That's the Kevin Sorbo aspect of it. Mm-hmm. We're going to generate a paper cutout of, like, a straw man that our hero uh, character can tear apart righteously, and the person has no response except for to sputter, and then they're escorted off the property, but you still lost because, look at society, you didn't actually win that argument, you just you just shut it down and and they're going to the ballot box and they're voting what they want to vote anyway. I get shit, man. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time figuring, I was trying to think about how, how you, 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 you get around this particular problem we're facing society. And I don't know. I mean, maybe what, what I, my problem is I should just start like, you know, making something shitty and like, like the, like, like this filmmaker and, and, uh, <laughs> I don't know, every, worry about actually coming up with answers or solutions. Yeah, everywhere I I looked, I saw this being raved about. I didn't see much, much complaint. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority here um, that thinks it was, it, you know, too much. Uh, tried to cram into too little a space, but yeah. Well, yeah, sometimes like I people just don't get see it. that's the thing is like I and I'm not saying this is because like I fully am aware that I'm making this on a mountain of my own biases and you know yeah what else can you do intellectual i guess but but <laughs> like i've observed many times that like people like things that agree with them more than they like sure. things that are valuable or correct mm-hmm. and i've seen this many times like you know when i still strongly identified as a conservative and i saw like bowling for columbine i'm like this is a piece of shit documentary that is calling outside the lines and has is so mm-hmm. far from even coming up with a point that would challenge my beliefs but yet i would see like people i respect like roger ebert being like 
this is the most important documentary I've ever seen. And how can anyone watch this? And not, and I'm like, well, but mm-hmm. I watched it and I thought it was stupid. So there you go. <laughs> and like, I, I don't know. I don't know what, I, I don't know. I mean, cause there is no universal like neutral point of view where you can like just step out inside and be like, Oh look, this is obviously the speed of light because I'm outside of the universe and I'm measuring it. It's right here. You see, it's all relative, right? Yeah. So, it's all about like what frame you're taking. I'm actually surprised that this is as uniform because like I I thought that some of this stuff is very shoddy just in the way it looks. So it kind of looks like a god is huh. a god is not dead type production and the, the the lighting and the costuming and the setting and you know it has a huge cast and so maybe this is some of that. But like I felt I felt like it looked cheap and it was poorly executed and it's just. I mean, it's so it's so pandering to my belief set and worldview that I found it offensive. So I'm surprised that so many people universally admired it. But yeah, the the few reviews that I looked at liked it um, from respected outlets like The Guardian and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I also think like, you know, sometimes look, I didn't like this. I'm not going to watch any more of it. I don't care. Right. Uh, but I think there is to certain people at certain times in their lives a value in just commiserating about. Yeah, that's true. Like. I, what do I do? What the yeah. fuck do I do? No one knows what to do. Holy shit, we're in a lot of trouble here. Uh, someone else feels like that. This filmmaker yeah. feels like that. Uh, I, I think there's some... I don't even want to call it value. There's some mm. comfort in that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, just saying, look, I'm not the only one who doesn't fucking get this. Yeah. Uh, and and, and but, the other thing is I know that like I am... I know that most people really don't pay much attention to politics. And there's that, yeah. Until, like, the political season really heats up, and it's about to in this country. So people are going to be drug-kicking and screaming into caring about politics. <laughs> and, you know, maybe there is value in some people that, like, have been paying attention and just been watching television, and they liked fucking Chernobyl, and they liked, you know, they're a Game of Thrones fan, and now, and now oh, I you know, I, I really like Emma Thompson, and... Yeah, I like some of these, and and uh, this kind of looks cool. And they watch it, and they're like, "Oh Jesus, this is is this is this real?" And they start researching, and 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 like you know, because I guess that'd be the value if 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 you did find someone that's a little bit more centrist or right leaning, if they actually started like sat down and like, well, I want to see, like, I I want to blow, I want to disprove the general thesis. And but the thing is, is I'm that's the thing is like I'm not so sure that this is good enough to survive a, an attempt to kind of like nitpick. Oh um, no, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Like I think I, that person sits down and goes, this is a bunch of bullshit. It's not telling me anything. Because what I found about like the really intractable arguments of our day is like, it's not like a, here's the right answer and here's the wrong answer. It's obviously right. What it is, is like a tennis match mm-hmm. where like here uh, is, this is uh, global warming is a problem. Well, the Earth's climate's always been changing, and how do we know it's human cause? And the ball comes back in the net. It's like, oh, well, actually, here's the data, and here's how, and here's the, and Finisade, it's like, oh, psh, well, but this scientist said that Aisha, she was growing instead of, okay, well, yeah, but that's a one-year thing versus a 30-year trend, and you have to follow this fucking match until somebody doesn't return the ball. Mm-hmm. And too many times I felt like these conversations were the first volley yeah, yeah. That that a person can then like when they start researching in line, they see like, oh, well, they made it seem like this ball went out of bounds, and actually the person returned it. Okay, we'll follow the match another couple, and then it get. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's so you, surface level that it wouldn't survive scrutiny. But if it was more, if it was more rigorous, I don't know. There's got to be a way to present the ultimate form of an argument that in, in an accessible way, right? 
Like, yeah, like, I think part of that is just keeping people engaged because yeah. like if you see the first volley and you hit it back and you stop playing the game, yeah, who gives a shit if the other guy hits it back? Right. You've walked off the court. You're in the locker room taking a shower. Like, right. The, the, the key there is you have to keep them engaged to the end of that logical chain. Yeah. And I don't know if the show is going to do that. Well, it's, it reminds me of Richard Fein, Feynman, uh, the famous physicist, has said that like you, uh, the mark of someone that really understands a topic is how well they can teach it to someone else. And mm-hmm. I feel like if the filmmaker was good enough, they would be able to have these monologues be more of the final form of this argument. But what it really is is these people are kind of like surface-level understanding the issues themselves and you know are like maybe well read but they haven't really explored like the argument from the other side so they don't know how to make that argument to to actually score points and and you know uh yeah it's a tough thing because i don't know that you make all the final arguments in the first episode of a series right like right but but the question is then what keeps people who shit on those very basic first volley type of arguments right. from just turning the thing off once they look up and the first result is, yeah. a, is a take is, is a, a smackdown of the liberal fantasy that is years and years and mm-hmm. it's a 10 point thing and they like see that and like i knew this was stupid and then you go about their yeah. life they shut it off it's... whereas like if you had the ultimate form where it's like it's much harder it's kind of like when you know like i think that we're kind of there with climate change and some other social issues where there's really not good arguments. Mm-hmm. And when you, you, we considered the conservative journal that kind of like tried to poke holes in the fire or fire on ice. And it's like, you really have to start re- like, like any kind of cursory research into it reveals that this is all a bunch of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, some of these issues were just, I think we're there, but like this filmmaker doesn't know how to make that argument. And, um, yeah, I, 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 it wasn't fun. There's a lot of eye roll, a lot of cringe. Oh God. One of the worst things I've seen all year is the face mask. Oh, the the emoji face mask. I wanted to claw my eyes out watching that. If here's okay. To my friends. I thought it was going to be worse. How could it be? To to, to all of my friends out there, if you ever put one of these fucking things on your face, you are instantly no longer my friend. I thought they were going to make this be like analogizing like like, like transsexual um, rights to like some kind of weird trans species for like some kind of really absurd argument. And what they actually went in is like uh, transhumanism. Yeah. Which maybe that's the thing. It's like, is that... That's such a that's like is that like does that seem silly to people because like that I would never wear some stupid digital mask over my face and mm-hmm. say I love you mommy daddy to express it but like her argument is essentially my argument like the, yeah the very second that I think I can safely upload my consciousness into a mainframe and and I don't know when I will get that confidence probably when some of my more adventuresome friends do it and I can have a <laughs> conversation and be like. Oh, like, like, yeah, oh, like them. my buddy, yeah. my buddy, Nick or big beard, Josh will do this shit and I'll go and have a conversation with them on the mainframe. I'm like, I can't tell the difference between this and Nick or Josh. So load me up, load me up. I'm ready to go. And, and that's the thing that was so fucking disconcerting about it is I hate this mask, uh-huh. but I recognize that it is sort of a transitional step to the place that I personally would love to get to. Right. Just being digitized and put in the cloud and just, yeah, d- you know, that sort of weird immortality. I'm. I'm all for that, but I am not for this middle phase. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like maybe like 
again, do they not know any transhuman advocate that could be like, what would a teenager that wanted to do this actually look like? Because they almost made it me like, um, this is set in the near future. So I'm not sure that there's like, this is a fake news thing. Like, oh, this is a fad. They're going to, my kid's going to go to some place and get euthanized and then they're going to be dead and they're going to turn yeah. into some shitty. And I'm like, I don't, it did feel like their, her parents were fucking reactionaries. A little bit. But but at the same time, I know in five years, this tech is not going to be possible. Right. This tech is nowhere near possible. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, we are 50 years out from this tech, in my probably, opinion. Probably. Five years, 100% will not happen. So to me, it came down to a question of, is this possible? Right. And And the idea of being a transhumanist before it's even possible to be just a digital consciousness yeah. is a little weird to me, although I understand it. And if you want to analogize it to being... A trans person uh in our day and age with with that kind of thing then you can go back and say okay well what about before surgeries before home hormone treatments like yeah, no. you would feel very much like this girl it's yeah you can't do that what do you mean you want to be a man or you want to be I, I i understand and it's maybe that's the unfortunate thing is is that like i've got I've, I've 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 arrived at a point of empathy with like trans people to where like it feels a little insulting to like use this comparison, um, and also to then make like is is like if I was a uh, if I if I knew less about the situation would like a trans like if my kid coming out as trans be as patently absurd and silly as this girl looks with this mask on right. talking about trans and I'm like I don't but me standing where I am like that feels offensive but maybe mm-hmm. that's I I'm on the other side of bias where it's like grappling with that worldview feels uncomfortable because it is uncomfortable and not because it's not valid you know like there are parents yeah. with their heads this far up their ass on other issues mm-hmm. so but you know, th- I guess that's the thing. They have legitimate concerns, and that feels... And, and I wonder if that's the whole point of this thing. Like, mm. I felt in those scenes very off-put. Yes. I did not want to watch this girl do this thing with this robot face. Yes. But is that the point? Am I, am I being, like... Am I being like her parents? I don't know, because like I'm about to say, the problem is, is that's just that's just patently on the face of it, absurd and annoying. Like someone wearing a digital mask, <laughs> talking this cutesy baby face, and like literally sure. being a human emoji. But then I'm like, okay, that is the exact same language that a yeah. you know like a, a a person like like Ben Shapiro when he's going on and on about trans people it's like it goes back to like it's fucking absurd there's man and mm-hmm. women and that's it and anyone that's that's is anti-science it's anti so it's like okay okay show you got me yeah but again who is that like what's that what's that supposed to do like again the person further to the center right of me is going to be like well this is just all fucking stupid mm-hmm. no fucking way and like what am I supposed to take away from this other than like, I, I mean, I, that's the other point is like when I was watching this, I realized that like, you know, if I don't want to become an old person and look like the old people of today where I just am afraid of everything and don't understand, like you have to mm-hmm. really kind of jump out in front of these issues and like, you know, get past that first volley or two and understand, and like get to the core issue. And like, what do I really feel about this? Yeah. And is this coming from a, pa- a place of like reason and empathy, or is this coming from a place of like knee jerk reaction? And 
I don't know. Yeah, like I like when I first saw that kid sitting there at the table, I'm like, I literally said, like, man, if Jack ever came out, like, I would like snatch that mask, <laughs> snatch snap that mask that. off his face, and be like, you talk to your father, you know. Uh-huh. So like, I am I the reactionary asshole? I don't know because they blended like a real thing with like a fictitious thing and a fictitious technology that's mm-hmm. ahead of the thing that we can do nowadays. And like, may- I don't know. It's a. It, that's why I'm saying it's a little bit of a mess. Or maybe I'm just react. I'm 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 more of a reactionary than I want to admit. Yeah, no, I, I think that was maybe the most interesting part for me is the way I felt yeah. uh, watching that that girl t- talk through a baby's face and a mm-hmm. cat's face and mm-hmm. all that shit. Because, my God, do I hate Snapchat filters. You hate that, Snapchat filters? Oh, yeah, I oh. fucking hate them. Well, I mean, I, I, I love them. <laughs> I think they're fun. Um, <laughs> but, like, if I literally had to talk to a friend of Man, mine when through I, when a I, Snapchat filter 100% of the time. Well, well, that's the thing. When I was in the dating scene mm-hmm. you'd go on to fucking dating profiles oh, and it yeah. would literally just be 16 pictures of you with cat ears and and so photo retouched that you yeah. can't even tell well, that's, that's, what this person that's looks like and i'm just left, like you know that's like oh, okay oh trust me i did <laughs> trust me i did <laughs> that's but the, 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 is that is that the exception or the norm because no, I, I haven't dated. It's very a, rapidly you, becoming the norm i would assume oh fuck because like, a few yeah, years i've been, I've been yeah. out of the dating game a, a while back a, a, for a while yeah, longer than there was. There was there certainly. was uh, manipulative angle shots, and uh, <laughs> you know, th- this is some other trickery when I was doing the online dating. But like, you know, yeah, the fact you can just I'm face sure. shop yourself. As of a few years ago, that was still happening. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. This maybe this will be evidence uh, that uh, we're becoming old and out of touch. But but I don't know the the political stuff that they were going into was far less interesting to me. Like yeah. having this, you know, Donald Trump uh, populist analog through Emma Thompson was turned out to be completely uninteresting to me i look i've seen that shit happen in my country it's literally just it's uh, yeah and we've we're seeing it happen in england too like this last uh, round of uh, i think it was parliament european parliamentary elections it's just it's increasingly becoming a farce like things that i grew up in an era where a president got impeached Mm -hmm. over an investigation of whether he contributed to an illegal savings loan scam to defraud people out of real estate to the tunes of millions and millions of dollars and the conviction that came out of there was that he lied on a deposition about an unrelated harassment matter about getting a blowjob mm-hmm. which i mean i'll tell you i mean I, I i mean morally i think bill clinton's kind of a scumbag um but that's that's where i grew up at, and i and i i grew up where a guy lost a fucking shot at a political primary because he enthusiastically screamed into a microphone mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and that's what brought these people down politically. How I, that's what I that's what I thought was acceptable. Twenty years later, there are no rules, and you can say yeah. whatever the fuck you want, and you can violate any social norms, and then you can build a campaign off of that kind of like, you know, lowbrow coarseness, which I kind mm-hmm. of traffic in low lowbrow coarseness but <laughs> but not when it comes to the leaders of my country no well i mean even like i wouldn't I, like i'm trying to think like like if george carlin was president okay and he was saying fuck and shit and cunt and all that other stuff but he was it's making not what it's about yeah. he was making logical sense and like points that like oh wow mm-hmm. this guy actually's got away with words and he's uh you know like uh if you if you scope off off, off all the the layer of like unconventional personality his core platform is appealing I would understand it, but it's like, no, it's, it's, this guy's kind of terrible. And that's 
the reason we like him. He pisses the right people off and he's hurting the right people. And yeah. I don't understand that. And this show is doing nothing to to help me uh, come to grips with it. Yeah. And I probably won't be watching the five other episodes I, that maybe I, clue me I, in. I, I'm, I'm completely, 100% enthusiastically out of this show. Much rather watch Legion. Yes. So uh, that's that's the podcast. That's a, that's a bald move TV for this week. So we actually will not have a, a bald move TV as such next week because we're going to be doing a marathon of Stranger Things. It's releasing over the July 4th weekend. Uh, you can search your favorite podcast app for Str- uh, Stranger Things Bald Move or Dungeons and Demog- uh, Demogorgons is the official mm-hmm. podcast name. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, we're going to be going for broke on that. So we're taking a little we're, we're collapsing our, our, our focus on all of television down to Stranger Things for next weekend. But we'll be back the week after that with a fresh crop, a fresh, fresh piping hot crop of television. Send feedback to TV at baldmove.com. Uh, you can also talk about this stuff on our forums, forums.baldmove.com. Uh, please join us for Stranger Things next week. Until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.